What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 10 to 17, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 19th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is my friend, Gabriel Perez. Powerful conversation, you guys. One of the things that he said is you are the heart monitor of your home. Beautiful. I just finished journaling about all the nuggets that I had written down during our conversations. I even posted a note that I can see on my way out of my office about how I speak to my family, constantly telling them what to do. Powerful. I hope you get just as much out of this conversation as I did. Gabriel, it's so good to see you again. Thank you for joining me on Fatherhood Field Notes. How are you feeling today? Great. It's good to see you. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, it was so cool. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had the honor of being on your podcast, The Heartworking Dad. We had a couple of great conversations, um, mm-hmm. and I've just been looking forward to to seeing you again and reconnecting. Same, same. I loved our conversation. I got I got a lot about a lot out of it. Listening to it over again, it was awesome. Yeah, man, I was. It was great. It was cool. Just I think when we come together and we both have this. Um, mindset of growth and and abundance and it's not just all about me like more we grow from that mm-hmm. um you know what i actually so i've been on i mean i'm listening to a lot of books right now but one book that i've been listening to by napoleon hill is um the law of success it's like 25 hours on audible mm-hmm. dude it's nuts um but what I have gained out of that is this idea of the mastermind. Like when mm. two or more are gathered together, which sounds yeah. sort of familiar, that yep. there's like more that can happen because we're we're both showing up with more than just ourselves, right? We're creating like yeah. this the stronger man, the stronger father. So, anyways, dude, it's it's been really powerful. I'm digging it. I'm actually making my kids read it now. Nice. Imagine yeah. like Captain Planet when our powers combine. <laughs> it's true, but dude, it's yeah. funny because some of us are so isolated. We try to do everything ourselves, which mm-hmm. is not the way to do it. You know, like a lot of men, we just try to do it on our own versus doing it alongside somebody else. Cause then you're like, you can see blind spots. You don't, you don't yeah. have, you know, you have experiences that you're bringing to the table that somebody else may not have had. It's like the lone wolf, man. He doesn't survive long. He needs, they need the power of the pack. No yeah. doubt. Yes. Yeah. And what's cool about our day and age is like right now, that's what you and I are doing. Like we're having this conversation and then other dudes are listening in. So they get to be a part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And that's the beautiful thing about podcasts and, and this world we live in. Like if I want Joe Rogan to be my mentor, I could go listen to what the dude's talking about. Right. He's not yeah. necessarily showing up on a television show, playing a character. He is himself. Um, and if there's totally. anybody out there that I, you know, like who's people like Seth Godin, if it's marketing or, I mean, there's just so many people that you go in and, and listen in on. Um, but anyways, this isn't about them. This is about you. Okay. 
couple rando questions. How old do you hmm. find yourself today? I love how you ask that because I always think I feel much older. <laughs> I'm 38. Sometimes I feel like I'm 42. But uh picked up my socks like a, a year ago and threw out my back. <laughs> and I was like, oh my Man. gosh. But yeah, I'm 38. 38 years old. And how many years have you been married? Uh been married to my wife 12 years. We've been together um total of 19. Okay, nice. Yeah. And then how many kiddos do you have? We have three kids, uh, 11-year-old, uh, 8-year-old, and a 3-year-old. So what is the, what's a win from this last week with one of your kids? A win. You know, the win I, I actually feel was just my, my daughter was sick on Easter. And my, mm. my, the rest of the family went to my in-laws and they did the whole Easter thing, right? And she sat back and she was laying in a room, kind of just resting. But then she, we, she said, do you want to hang out with me and watch this Pokemon movie? It's about a father and how he, and he's, he, he fathers just this Pokemon fathers a kid. And, you know, I was just kind of ch- hanging out. I was like doing my thing on the computer. And I was like, you know what? This is a moment right here. Mm. Cause she's reaching out to like this. She's she wanting to connect. She's obviously illustrating the father and, and the son, but she's my daughter. I said, yeah, let's do that. And we cuddled in bed and uh, we just watched this movie. And, you know, she uh, later on, she said, you know, I, I was kind of sad. I missed out on all the Easter stuff mm. and really have a fun Easter. And we had taken some pictures and I showed her these pictures. I was like, look at you're smiling here. I think we had a good time, didn't we? And she was like, I did. Have, we did have a good time. And, That's epic. You know, yeah. It was just a special moment, you know, where, you know, it could have just been a whatever day, but it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Man, two words you said is connect and moment, right? Is like, mm-hmm. are we present to the moments and then are we connected? Um, yeah. So those two words have been really, I've been thinking about them a lot because I don't know that anything matters more than the feeling of being connected to another human being, right? Mm-hmm. And sure. we have the opportunity or opportunities every day to be connected. Um, yeah. so yeah, so I love that she wanted to connect with you and then you were present to the moment of like you had your priorities in line, right? Mm-hmm. Cause whatever you're working on is probably important and she's sick and it's like, I'm just sitting next to you watching a movie. What does it matter? Um, well, even if I'm being honest, there was a pull to like, well, I was doing work, but then I was shifting into just like, I was going to play some video games. Yeah, some <laughs> like, you time, relax. which you also need. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're like, I'll just relax. This is a rare moment right here. But it was like, no, this is more important. Like you said, connecting, having this moment with her and, uh, you know, not, I guess I can't say that every time I make that connection, I make that, that special, like, yes, but right. I want to be more aware too, when those moments come that I do say yes to them more than no, or I'm too busy. Right. Right. Yeah, dude, that's good. Um, okay. So married 12 years, three kids, where does your family reside? Where do you guys live? We're in Las Vegas, okay. Nevada. And you guys been there for a while? About three years. We we were in LA for okay. part the whole part of our relationship with my wife. So nice. Yeah, and then, years. what is it that you do for a living to provide for the family? So I'm a district manager for a major snacks company, um, Goldfish and Pretzels. <laughs> nice. Okay. So all you dads who have Goldfish in every nook and cranny of your um, 
Honda Odyssey, <laughs> you know that there's this guy behind it who's helping <laughs> put them there. <laughs> Dude, those things are so good. I can't eat one because then I'll eat like 70 of them. They're yeah, they're addicting. They're good. They're good. Um, right on. Okay. You also have a podcast, and I just mm-hmm. love for you to share that, you know, because you have this desire to inspire and influence dads. It's the heart working dad. What got you starting with that? And and what's your passion behind inspiring other dads? Um, it's it's been a project of mine. I've been podcasting for a while, but I I stopped, I took a break. Um, I really found a lot of uh release in it i think my mm-hmm. first podcast i ever started was failing as a father and i was just really like i feel like i'm failing as a father i don't know what i'm doing and it kind of launched this whole journey of me just figuring out fatherhood um and that was almost a little more than four years ago so sick. finally feeling i've been on this journey i've i've really done a lot of hard work in myself and my family that um i feel there's some things i have to share with others and help other fathers who were feeling like I was, which was mm. lost, um, alone, not really knowing how to navigate being a husband, being a father, being a spiritual leader, you know. And so this podcast really just came from that. And um, it's just 10 minute, I try to keep it short, 10 to 15 minute episodes of just some encouragement and a challenge for fathers to think and just, you know, give some reflection on how they may be some heart things that they can work on or heart things that they can notice throughout their day and their marriage when their walk with God and really just doing heart work in ourselves. Yeah. Dig it. Dig it. So over the four years of like having this feeling of a little lost, a little alone, you know, the, you know, big difference in the wording from four years ago, it's like the failures. And then now it's, you know, heart work and, um, the heartworking dad, which is just super mm-hmm. rad. What did you find over the last four years? Like what were a couple really good resources that helped you to navigate what mm-hmm. it means to be a dad? Um, one was community mm-hmm. and mentors. Um, when I didn't know how to be a dad and I didn't know how to lead my family spiritually, I looked to someone who was in the church mm-hmm. and I found a guy, he was just he wasn't a pastor. He was just a guy who was doing it. He was leading his family. And you just saw him everywhere in the church. And you always saw him with this great attitude, was always talking with people, encouraging people. And I just, I noticed him and I just gravitated to like, I didn't ask him like, hey, can you be my mentor? Can I, can I teach you? I just kind of hung around. Like I joined mm-hmm. the men's group that he was in. I, he was doing um, a ministry for the kids. They call it pioneer clubs at our church. He was, he was doing, he was teaching my son and I was like, you know what? I need to get in there and, and do ministry with him and learn from him. And so it was learning from others and, um, kind of getting into that community and also just, uh, John Eldridge has been a Mm. huge source for me. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's solid. So, you know, on one hand, I'd encourage people to go ahead and go ask somebody, Hey, will you be my mentor? I think you can totally make that ask. But one thing that you did that I really, I just wrote this down is you just saw somebody who inspired you and then you went and did what they did. So I think for us men, like, who are you looking to like, who inspires you? 
Um, yeah. And finding those people like, well, this guy inspires me with marriage. This guy inspires me with his generosity. This guy inspires me with the way he, you know, coaches his kids. Now that doesn't mean you have to be like everybody else, but again, kind of like your word about around the heart is finding those people whose heart is towards the right thing. But then I also think like, as soon as we start talking about church and mentors is this idea that people are going to let you down. So don't put Mm. such a heavy weight on them that then when they fail, you like throw it all away. The thing is, is I'm going to let my kids down in areas. I'm going to let my wife down in areas. I'm going to let people who listen to the podcast down in areas. I'm going to post something people don't like or whatever, but don't throw away everything because of one thing. Like also realize people are human and take what is helpful and then disregard what isn't. Yeah. That's truly a healthy perspective that you really have to have in this day and age. Because also there's a pressure that goes with trying someone doing good ultimately there's a pressure on them to keep this performance up, to keep doing good. And and that's just not possible. One, you know, it's not possible. Yeah. And then two, I think that if we really are true, uh, we want to know that there's struggle. Like I have a mentor yeah. and when he opens up and he's like, dude, had a fight with my spouse yesterday. To me, it, it it's not, oh, this guy's not credible anymore. It gives me more credibility, right? Yeah. Or he gives him more credibility. Um, Gabriel, when did you embrace fatherhood? So three kids, you know, you've been a dad for 11 years. Uh, you, you heard that you were going to be a dad about 12 years ago, right? So at what point did you embrace fatherhood? Was it from the moment, Hey, you're going to be a dad to while I'm holding this baby to this baby's three years old and they are smiling and laughing and want to play with me. When did you embrace it? I think it's a great question. I think, well, of course, when I found out I was going to be a dad, I was super excited. I, I wanted to be a dad, Yeah. but I could say when I fully embraced my role was when I found out we were having a third kid. Oh, and what was that shift? And it, it was, well, it was just the realization that like, there was so much more like, cause we were, we were getting by things were, you know, on the outside looking fine. But then when a third kid came along, all of a sudden we had to change a lot. Hmm. Like, I don't know if I have enough money to provide for a third kid. We weren't expecting a third kid. Got um, it. Things are going to have to change in the home. I'm going to have to do a little bit more. And 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 that all of a sudden the weight of like all my insecurities became real. Uh, my wife was homeschooling her kid, our, both of our kids at the time. She was stay-at-home mom. And when we found out third, it was like, well... She's gonna have to get a part-time job. My my job's not cutting it, you know. Mm. And, and then she's pregnant. And then and then I was I was the homeschool dad. Like I just provide. I don't do homeschool. Um, I was like, she needs help because this is, you know, I can't just put that all on her. And so it was that moment, more specifically at a homeschool convention that I got dragged to. Love it. There was a dad speaking, and he said, You don't have for fathers out there, you don't have to be. You don't have to do homeschool to be involved, but you have to be the principal. You have to know the condition of your home. You Hmm. have to know how your wife is doing. You have to know how your kids are doing. Not that you have to know that what the math is, but you have to know how good they're doing in math or where they're struggling. And it was like just this whole mentality of taking ownership of the home. And, and that was about the time when we were finding out I have a third kid and it just, it opened up. 
my my mind to the importance of this role. Bro, know the condition of your home, which you're not talking about the nails in the paint, yeah. and then take ownership. Dude, mm-hmm. that's huge. Talk to me about that because I think if like I were to post, men, take ownership of your home, there's like this, oh, patriarchal, oh, toxic masculinity, whatever. When you take ownership of something, really, you're taking responsibility, Mm -hmm. not just for the good, but for the things that may need attention. Yeah. Here, talk to me about that a little bit. What does that mean to take ownership of your home? So I would say it like this, um, and this is not me, it's, it's becoming King Morgan uh, Snyder, but he says, yeah. take a seat at the lower seat of the table. Take a seat at the lower end of the table. And taking ownership means actually serving. It means yeah. doing all of these things that maybe you're like, uh, man, I don't need to do that because I'm 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 taking ownership of the home. I'm just going to make commands. And it's like, no, you got to get down in the nitty gritty of where your home is at, what, what's going on. And and know every aspect that for me, it was actually doing homeschool. Like I, I do actually the majority of the homeschool right now. And it was getting involved in an area that I felt completely uncalled for, completely uncomfortable in. Yeah. It's it's doing the dishes when you know your your wife's not able to do it right now, or there's there's stuff that needs to get done. It's taking ownership in every area of the house to keep things going. And it's knowing how your your kids are doing like if your kids are are struggling in a certain area they need attention your wife needs attention she needs a break it's just having the heartbeat of what's going on in your home and being attuned to it Mm, love it simple statement you just made but being in tune with it beautiful um what have you learned about yourself in being a father so you know you've been through a few stages what's something you learned about you that I have um that I have a lot of expectations. Hmm. And that's something I've actually had to let go. Um what's an expectation? Like I know that's kind of a to get specific, but what's an expectation that you'd say you've had and you had to let go of? Like that my kids should be this way. They should behave hmm. this way. Yeah. You know, or are like, you know what? Sports, you should, they should be good at sports. They should do this or they should ex- be expected to know this and, and be able to, um, to do the things that I ask unquestioned. You know, I grew up in a military household. So it was like, you just did what was expected to of you. And so as a kid growing up, I, I, I did a lot of different things, but I expected my kids to be like me and not respecting who they were as individuals. Mm, that's good. That's good. What would you say is the role of the father? Mm-hmm. I would say just a guide, a steward. I think when I think of God, a lot of times I ask for God as a father, like, I just, I need you to guide me. Mm. I need you just to walk with me actually in this, in this issue that I'm going through in this, and just knowing that he, that he's there. And so I think for our kids, it's like, if they just know we're there, they know we're going to like, they have the freedom to walk their path, but they mm-hmm. know that they come back. They know that yeah. you're going to be there. You're going to guide them when they need the support. So like a guide, a support. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's like, um, you're not just hovering over them with every answer and telling them every move. 
you are there while they're walking their own life, their own identity uh, to support them. Now, something you put in the uh, Google form that just like was so good. Um, and I know now I'm, you know, putting you on the spot asking the questions, but you said the heart monitor of you and your family. Mm. Dude, to me, that is freaking amazing and powerful. So talk to me about what does it mean to be the heart monitor of yourself and your family? Mm, yeah. So the heart is like our belief structure. You know, we it's where we we come to terms that this is how things are. Yeah. Like logically, we can have some things going on, but it's when we believe it in the heart, this is our situation. And I, I believe so often in my heart, there are things that I need to check myself on. I need to have like compassion. I need to, I need to understand where I'm coming from and approaching my wife or my children. And so for my kids, I need to understand where they're coming from. Are they feeling heard or are they feeling guilted? Are they, are they feeling that there's too much pressure on them that I'm not spending enough time? Like it's knowing what their belief system is and, and how I can come along alongside them and help them to understand um better and like so with how do my you... wife go ahead go ahead okay. with your wife like with my wife you know knowing when she is dealing with like maybe anxiety mm. and and how i can support her how i can come alongside her and it's yeah just or if i'm putting pressure on her so how do you do that so how do you go how how do you do you pause and ask them do you pause and ask yourself, Hey, how's my wife doing? Hey, how's my 11 year old doing? Like, what does it look like to practically during the week be in tune with your family? Mm. A lot of it for me comes in my mornings. Okay. It's that morning time where I reflect with God. I journal, I pray, I read, but it's like my reset. It, it allows me to come back. If I had a great day as a father, like I killed it. I did all this and this. I come back. I'm like, you know what, maybe I was a little too hard on them right there. Maybe I pushed them too much, or maybe I did this. You know, it allows me a reset. Or there's times where it's just like, like I wish I'd done this differently. Hmm. I wish I wish I took notice to what my wife was saying and and not jumped the gun or not came across this way. So for me, it's always just this reset of spending time with God and allowing him in, allowing him to speak to me. And it's it's not like I hear an audible voice. But it's just yeah. in like reflection of the the day as I journal, as I write that these things come in. I'm like, I wish I had more compassion here. I wish I, I spoke differently to my children in, a, in another way. So you're doing that reflection time in the morning. Yeah. 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 Huge. I mean, I think if you're reflecting on your day, um, we sit down as a family. I, I tend to do it once a week and then encourage my kids to do it every night just so they create their own habits, but um, to do like a journaling time of reflection. And so one of the questions we have, like, it takes like about five to 10 minutes, but like, how did I fail today? What am I going to do next time? Who did I serve today? What's my, in what am I grateful for? What are my intent? What's my intention for tomorrow? And then what's my one mm. thing for tomorrow? Um, so trying to cultivate that in myself and in them. Um, but I, I just love Those that. Great question. I should ask those. I need to write those down. Yeah. I don't I think, answer them yet, but that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also it's, care. you know, like to take what works and to not, there's so much crap I could do as a dad. And I think just going back to what you said around expectations, 
I think my expectations are way too high. And I think that um, I put too much pressure on my family because like if I have a conversation a week with an intentional dad like you and you're doing the same thing, or if I listen to a podcast a week or two podcasts a week, it's like, there's no way I'm going to freaking implement all the stuff I do. I'm going to put so much pressure on myself, you know, to like implement these thousand things. And then I feel like I'm always behind and I feel like there's so much I could be doing. So it's like the realization that we can't do it all. And what is Gabriel designed for? What is Ned designed for? What are the things that, you know, matter? But going back to this, the heart monitor, I love Mm -hmm. that. Like, are you in tune with the hearts of those that are in your care? Do you realize that you're the principal of the house? Are you taking (laughs) ownership? You know, powerful stuff, dude. Um, okay. So fatherhood field notes podcast, we're already doing it, right? Just you're opening up your field notes, sharing Mm -hmm. your life, what works, what doesn't, um, the mantra behind it is rebel and create. Um, and, and you've heard it, you know what it means, but what are you rebelling against? And then out of that rebellion, what do you hope to create? Yeah. So this is great. And this, you know, like I was telling you a little bit earlier, this really just, I was doing a post because I read first. Timothy chapter three, and it's talking about being a leader in the church, a deacon in the church. And one of the things they talked about was having a good reputation in the world around you. Mm. And I, I was kind of thought about that. And I was like, the good reputation in this day and age really matters in the home first, mm. because it's easy to have a good reputation in the world around us, especially with social media. You, you share what, you know, what you kind of want to share or what people want to see. And, and I literally, I was writing, I was like, I'm rebelling against the idea of, of cultivating the reputation outside of my home. That isn't, that isn't true to what my home really is. I want to have a good reputation in my home first and let that shine out to my community. Mm. Let that be the talking point of, who I am as a person, because our children, our wives, they know us more than anyone. We can go out into work where I'm work, I'm work dad, I'm work Gabe, yeah. go out into church. I'm, I'm church going Gabe. And, you know, John Eldridge talks about the poser and how we can perform. We can be these different things, but when you're home, you can't perform because they see you at your worst. They see you when you lose your patience, they yep. see you when you're overwhelmed uh, my wife always says parenting is like the most, um, the words going sanctifying thing mm. Your kids are sanctifying. Like it's, it's constantly bringing out the, the stuff in you that needs to come out, but it's because God is purifying you in this process. He's building you up. And so rebelling against the idea that I need to look good out into the world around me, but creating a home where I have a good reputation where my kids and my wife will speak well of me. Mm. Dude, that's so rich. Yeah. And I think that acknowledgement that my wife and kids, there's going to be resistance, right? There's going to be the things that bring out not the worst in us, but like you're saying, the things that I need to work on, right? Because at work, I can swallow it. At church, I can put on the tie or whatever, right? (laughs) Metaphorically. Um, but at home, you know, and dude, here's an area that I have, and I don't know if I share this with you when we talked last, but like, I used to never cuss, never. And then, and then started being like, it doesn't really matter, you know, like it's a way to express yourself or whatever. And so I would use it more 
intentionally, which is fine, whatever. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with it. But now it's become a habit to where it comes out even when I don't want it to. And so mm. it's it, it and so just in the last two six months, I have had it come out from frustration with my kids in a way that I yeah. really felt guilty about the way it came out where I had to apologize to them. So like right now I'm trying to, or not trying, I'm breaking that habit. And so like, even in my habit tracker, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, that's the worst one. Um, <laughs> and it's an example, like yesterday, my wife said, Hey, will you pick up the kids from workout? I'm not going to make it back from Costco. And my, and what I'm working on is yes, absolutely. I would love to do that versus I got mm, stuff to yeah. do. Okay. So yes, absolutely <laughs> do it. So then, okay. When, when I'm going to take 15 minutes, I'm going to go drive the kids to their workout class. Then as I'm leaving, my kid calls me and I'm already almost home. And he's like, dad, we left our skateboards in the car. We want to skateboard home. And I'm like, sorry, bud. I I'm already almost back and I, you know, can't do it. And as soon as I hung up, I just beep, like it just comes out of my mouth. Like, gosh, I'm so frustrated. Yeah. And it's like, dude, Ned, you've been practicing responding this way. And so then I had to check it off on my habit tracker. Didn't, didn't hit today. Um, and I don't even know why I started sharing that story with you, but the idea of how we're showing up in our home, oh, that our kids will, will yeah. reveal that, right? If I was sitting in front of a client or with you on the podcast, it's not coming out. Right, yeah, I'm in control right now, but it's when it, but your kids and your wife bring out what's inside of you that you need to work on. And I, and so that's what I love that you said is, it's not about bringing out the worst in you. It's about how can I grow? And if we're listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. we are working to become the best versions of ourselves or whatever you want. We're working to grow as men, husbands, and fathers. Um, so with that in mind, what's an area that you are being revealed currently by your kids? So mine would be stress. Mine would be that I operate out of stress Right. That's why I cussed yesterday. Cause, and that's a scarcity mindset. Like, oh, I need that five extra minutes at home at my office. Like, did I really? Probably not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, it's that I operate out of a scarce mindset that there's not enough time. That's where that cursing came from. And mm -hmm. for you, what is your kids revealing to you right now? I probably would have had a different answer yesterday. Okay. But I'm reading uh Outwitting the Devil that you told me about yeah. uh, when we last yeah, yeah. Napoleon Hill. And he talked about fear. Mm. And, and I realized like, man, fear is a major driver in how I really parent my kids. Oh, interesting. Uh, fear of what? So like we homeschool. Yeah. And I just have this fear that we're not doing enough. Mm. We're not our kids aren't up to par enough to where, you know maybe the other homeschool kids should be because we're our homeschool is a little chaotic. It, my wife and I both work full-time jobs and then, you know, we balance doing homeschool after and in between. And, and we, we go to a homeschool co-op and you talk to these other homeschool parents and they're like, Oh, my kid's doing this and this. And it's like, well, I don't know if we're there yet, but there's just this fear that I have mm. that we're just not doing, I'm not doing enough. My yeah. kids aren't where they should be. I need to help this up or we don't have enough resources to do this. And, and so a lot of times I'm making decisions out of fear. It, it's cultivating to all different emotions. It's cultivating to overwhelm, you know, stress, um, worry, 
but it's like if you look down to the root of it it's fear and it's just and the fear that when my kids are going to grow up how are they going to you know what are they going to be able to do are they going to be capable of finding good jobs or being doing what they want to do i mean we always say in our homeschool we want them we want to build up their character because they have character that's going to carry them where they go but i'm losing sight of that because of fear I'm I'm less focusing on character now and I'm focusing on getting things done, doing the next thing. And that's really good. So, so how are you? So, you know, you said your answer would have been different yesterday to today. What are you practically doing to not operate out of fear? Or what are you going to do? Or what do you hope to do? Uh, To take a breath and, and take in the moment and recognize that, um, I, I mean, honestly, it's it's letting go. Uh, my wife is really good at grounding me in these because I'm a doer. You mm-hmm. know, I think I think you can relate to like we just we see something we want to get it done. We want to do it. it. We want to check things off the list. And my wife is really good at having me slow down and just just re get a different perspective. Like, hey, our kids are doing this. Look at what they're doing here. Look at what they've done here. Look at how they talk to adults and they can have conversations with adults. You know, she'll point out all these things that because of my hope, my overwhelm, my stress, whatever, I'm missing the moments. I'm missing what is truth and what is reality. And mm. once again, it's the expectation that I'm having on my kids as putting this weight on them. And when I can really just step back and take a perspective shift of one well, my kids are doing great. They're, yeah. they're awesome kids, you yeah. know, and, so dude, what I'm hearing is like, you ultimately said that character is what matters most. So like if you were to carve out a day and we're going to talk about homeschool and you were, you, you would talk about the character, that's what matters more than they can do trigonometry, you know, at mm-hmm. 11 years old, right? Like that's what you would lean into. But yeah. then when you're out in the world or you're reading a post or you're at a conference, you hear my 11 year olds doing trigonometry, whatever. Then there's this like, oh, shoot, my kid. So that's where the fear sets in. And what I like of what you said is, I asked you, what are you going to do to combat that fear? You said, take a breath. Now, here's the cool thing about that is taking a breath is a reset and it's realigning us to what matters most, which for you is the character piece, right? So you're getting realigned with Gabriel's core value of character not mm. Susie next door whose core value is my kid wants to be an architect. So that is what I'm leaning, you know, or whatever yeah. it makes them feel good that their kid can do trigonometry. Who knows why that is what it is. Like maybe that kid just loves it, but for you yeah. and your family character is what matters. Um, and so I like that idea for us men and fathers is finding ways to realign ourselves to what matters to us and our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And not let some somebody else's and and maybe they're being led by fear. Like who knows? And I'm not saying yeah. we're not trying to justify why character matters to us, but to stop comparing to the dude next door. So yeah, with this in mind, talk to me about character. What is character to you? What does it mean? Why does it matter? How do you shape character? I don't know. However, you want to answer the question, but talk to me about character. Yeah, I, I heard it from a, a like there's not too many dad homeschoolers. So there mm-hmm. there was one guy who I, I I saw him on a conference one time and he goes, 
man, my kids could be the dumbest kids on the block, but if they have character, I'll know I did my job. And that, that resonated with me because he's like, it doesn't, because if they have character, they could be sweeping up garbage and they're going to be happy. They're mm. going to be content because they know who they are and they're happy with what they're doing. And that that's, that it's like a foundation, you know, um, in the Bible, like when I was reading Kings, it has like the little content overview. Yeah. Loved how it said a good king wasn't determined by what he did. He, it was determined by his character, his faith. And that's what made a good king. It wasn't that he built and conquered all these cities. It was his character, it was his faith. And I think growing up, I, I felt I didn't, I was kind of like a, I was a lone wolf. Like I just did what I did. I didn't yeah. have a whole lot of guidance on, on how to operate in the world. And so I feel like even now as an adult, I'm still struggling with trying to build my character, with trying to do the right thing. And I want I, my kids to grow up. I don't, I don't want them to necessarily have that struggle. I think there's always going to be somewhat of a struggle. It's the world we live in, but yeah, yeah. at least help them and guide them in, in going into that and walking with a character foundation that you know, they, they know who they are. And it, when they go and do what they want to do, they're not struggling like I am of finding validation in these different areas because my foundation shook. Like they know who they are. Like my daughter wants wants to grow up and work at Disneyland at the Haunted Mansion and have a trailer with cat. You know, that might make them really happy, you know, and, and you know, I don't want to deter them from what they want to do and just being happy of who they are and what they're doing. So let me ask you this, because I think a lot of men, you know, even myself, you know, you come to like, gosh, who am I? What matters to me? What do I like? You know, like yeah. how as you and I and other men who are probably on this, I mean, the dudes listening to this are probably on a journey of working to become more intentional, loving father, right? So there is some sort of insecurity around, um, I'm not good enough. Mm. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. if if I'm a super confident dude, why am I listening to this? I, I, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah. but I want to grow, right? Regardless, I want to grow. So what are your thoughts? And we can wrap about this for a minute around the idea that I'm not fully 100% confident in who I am, or at least I'm not operating out of that. Like maybe I know it factually, but I'm not like, I don't always feel that way. Yeah. How do you instill that into your children if you are pursuing that belief yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's currently where I'm at, I would say. And it's, it's, it's honestly, that's why I think that the heart work, it always begins in yourself mm. before it even goes to the family, you know? And I, and I think that's where it really begins is we, and we can easily be preoccupied with wanting to work on our kids or, mm. you know, or, or mm. on our marriage. Yep. But I found in my own story is that I actually had to work on myself first. I had to address my insecurities, my wounds, and the things that were making me kind of push these things onto them. And so I would say what if if it's really you're really struggling, you got to isolate what's going on in your heart. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, you know, hurt hurt people hurt people, you know, wounded hearts wound hearts. Right. But I can't just say, okay, I have a five-year-old and I need to go work on me. So I'm going to go peace out the next five to 10 years. Cause the reality is, is there is really yes. no end goal, right? When you go on this pursuit of, of personal growth and heart work, you realize 
there is no end goal. Now I could quickly turn some things around and get some things figured out. So I'm not hurt, but I don't want to walk around while my kid grows up as this depressed dad. Who's like, I'm, I'm working on myself. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> such a sad piece of crap. So yeah. it's like choosing to go, okay, this is who I am. I, I'm a, per, I'm a work in progress and I have grace for myself in that. And mm-hmm. I'm going to show up well for my kids, acknowledging every day, dad loves you. You're incredible. Dad's working on him. And then as appropriate, share where I'm growing. Like right now, my kids know I'm working on not cussing. I sent, like, we have a family text. And I'm like, you know, this started two weeks ago. It was like, kids, I'm sorry. I, I, I have been responding this way. And then I, um, I texted him. I was like, all right, today I'm at a, I'm a PG 13 movie still. I didn't make it to R. Right. And so they're, mm-hmm. they're like laughing and engaging, but it's been a good conversation because it's like teaching them that words matter in the way we use them. I'm not saying there aren't appropriate times to, to use a curse word. Sure. Yeah. But, um, but having the open dialogue with them is, has been helpful. Um, do you have any other thoughts around how to be an intentional dad inviting kids into who they are while you are on the journey of discovering and growing yourself? Any other thoughts on that? Yeah. So, and I, and I, I think it's good because we've been doing, uh, we've been leading parenting classes at our church. Nice. And I think one of the things is, is we we're, we're, the focus is helping our, helping our kids, parenting our kids, working on their hearts. Um, and that's been great. And so, but the thing that we always take out of it is the parents were like, you know, man, I found that the real, like I'm working on my kids, but the real change had to come on my heart. So it was like, yeah, it's, you, you do the work with your kids. You never stop. Like you're saying you, you, but it's recognizing that it starts in your heart. And for a good example, I would say is working on, for me, frustration or anger. Hmm. I was with my kid and while we're all we're on a vacation and we're coming back it was a long driveway long drive and the and my son goes man this is the worst day ever (laughs) and and like me and my wife were like well that's kind of rude because you know we we were kind of hurt because we went we went camping we did this we did this you had a lot of fun here at this museum and then for you to say it's the worst day ever because we're just in a drive you know that kind of hurts our feelings and you're just kind of complaining and you know so I'm you know, we kind of call that out. But then as I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm busting his chops on it, I feel God go, weren't you complaining the other day about this? And it, it immediately, it was like, it, it brought for me compassion for my kid, but it also mm-hmm. helped address in my heart what I've got going on and know that my kids are going through the same thing. So because I've kind of addressed it, I see that it's in, it's my story and it's also something my kids go on. It's like I have a new compassion for them. Mm. So it's like, it, it's almost like it's a linear journey. I feel like That's working really on good. my heart is, is also working on my kid's heart because it's revealing inside of me is also seeing that my kid's not too different from me. It's just, it's a, it's a root anger. It's a root frustration. It's, it's just more you know, straight up versus me, it gets, you know, as we're adults, it gets convoluted and yeah. responsibilities, the, the, who we are and all this. But when it comes down to it, I'm not too different from my kid. Mm. And so now I'm able to relate to him. I'm actually able to have more compassion. And I think that's been a big key in, in just in doing that with my family and, and even with my wife and our marriage is having just more compassion. 
because you start to have grace. You start to, you know, you start to really understand grace because I need it so much. My kids need it too. They need it from me. Most of, you know. Dude, it's really good. Um, because I think a lot of us, I find myself doing this as well is because there's turmoil inside of me, instead of working on me, I just try to control everything around me, including my wife and kids. Right. Mm -hmm. So because there's so much going on. And so I just try to control what I can see. How are they spending their time? Uh, what are they working on? How are they doing with their chores? Like I thought about it last night as I was going to bed, I was like, man, so many of my interactions with my 13 year old son are like, Hey bro, you didn't do the backyard. That's your chore. Yeah. Hey, dude, you didn't text me your dashboard for the day, which is what they have to like send me at their end of homeschool day. Um, a lot of my interactions are that when I'm when I'm in a sense of like I got to control everything so I feel good. But what you're saying is, if I'm working on my heart, if I'm working on, well, dude, I didn't complete my tasks yesterday. I didn't freaking clean up my office before I left because I had something else on my mind, or I. I didn't notice. So here's a good example. This morning I walked into my daughter's room and I mm. saw a bowl next to her bed. I didn't say anything, but my initial thought was like, dude, put the freaking bowl away. Yeah. I One minute later, I walked into my room and I had had yogurt before <laughs> bed and the freaking bowl was on my nightstand. And I was like, you son of a gun. But that's the linear growth you're talking about. If I can mm. be present and in tune with, hey, I'm not that different from my kid. Yeah. We can grow together. And what I really like about that is doesn't mean I have to say, don't complain about this, right? Like come down hard. Like, are you joking me? You're complaining about this. And sometimes dads, we got to do that. But an opportunity to go, man, I hear you. Just the other day, I was complaining about this. And when I reflected on it, I realized I missed out on a great day because I was focused on X, Y, or Z not working out. Mm. What are a couple of good things that happened today, right? It's not just all about this moment. I'm not saying that's what you said, but those are the moments that if we're in tune, that's a guide, right? Like yeah. that's a guide versus a parent or a dad or whatever you want to call it. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I kind of shared a lot. No, that was great. Cause I think, yeah, it, it, it's it's instead of us just looking down and saying and judging the situation, it, it's like you said, a guy. You you perfectly wrapped it and 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 said it perfectly because I think that's what they want is when when we're when we just telling them what to do all the time, that becomes a voice in their head. That becomes what how they hear yes. us, how they see us, and and ultimately it could be how they think of God as just this. You didn't do oh. that. You didn't do that. Why didn't you get this done? And then the question comes up, am I good enough? Is my dad proud of me? Are, are my parents, you know, happy? And the reality is, is just when we can come alongside them, we get to share in the grace. We get to share in that moment. We get to be, you know, like we're brothers, Jesus Christ, you know, like we're all sons of God. So in that moment, it's also a brotherhood or, you know, brother and sister in Christ that we get to be with them and guide them in these moments. And what's, I think it's powerful and it speaks more to their heart when we can do that. And of course it's not going to be every time. I mean, we have to be parents too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But dude, you just socked me in the jaw so hard in a good way that that's how they think of God. 
right? And mm-hmm. I think so much of the time I operate out of my own day. I don't know why that how much I do is my value. Yeah. And so I think that is how I speak to my kids a lot. And then that's the perceptions. Like, so what if they think I'm a douche? But now that's going to be their view of God. Mm. Dude, that is a huge reason why to change, right? Because I don't want them to operate that way. I want to operate out of freedom. So anyways, I wrote that right here. And I'm going to journal about that after this call. It's really good. Same thing. I mean, I grew up with a very military grandfather. Mm. And, you know, I love him. He did what he knew, you know, but. It was, it was very like, you do this and you know, you do the right thing. You don't get your attitude. You do the yeah. wrong thing, get your attitude. Well, for a long time, I've, it's been hard for me to break out of that, that that's how God operates. So for a long times when I'm struggling, I'm like, God, I'm doing the right thing. Why am I, why am I not? Why is this not working? Why aren't things going my way? God, I'm doing everything I should be in. And that's not God. You know, God doesn't, operate on you did this so you get this that's he's not a vending machine and and it's it's been a hard thing to break in my walk and mm-hmm. so for my kids you know it's it's really important that i help change that narrative for them i help to break those those cycles those generational curses as they can even call them you know cuz a lot of times we're parenting the way we were parented and then it just gets passed on and passed on. well my parents did that for me that and it worked for me well it could, it did work, but it, it also probably missed your heart too. It probably also represented God in the wrong way. And, and and that's a big deal. You know, Moses represented God the wrong way. He didn't make it to the promised land. And we don't, we definitely don't want to be fathers that represent God the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something you said just now, you know, I talked to a lot of dads and they'll talk about their own dad. It's like he did the best he could. He did what he could with what he knew. And you mm-hmm. just made the same statement, right? Like my grandfather, he did what he knew. And that's great, right? We get to look back on our stories and justify um, why our whoever raised us did what they did. And that's great. We're having compassion and understanding for their story, right? Yeah. Great. Here you and I are, 2023, with an opportunity to change what we know. Mm. Right. So, so this idea that I don't want my kid to say my dad did the best he could because his story was X, Y, or Z. I want to do the heart work on myself. Right. So that Mm -hmm. my kid has tools beyond what I have today. So my challenge is dads change what you know, change what you believe right? Don't just operate based off the beliefs that were passed down to you. You get to decide what your story is. Now, if you're, you you can't control how your wife's going to show up. You can't control if your kid gets sick or if there's some wild drastic death or some disease or something that comes, but you get to choose how you respond, right? You get to choose what you believe and the meaning put on these things. So I just, that right there is like change what you know. You have the power to do that. Um, so, dude, I just, I love what you said there. Um, man, I wish you could see. So I got a new desk and so mm-hmm. I can write on it with a white, with like a, like a white erase. And there's just like all these notes over it. I'm going to take a picture <laughs> after and send it to you. It's so you good. You literally write on the desk? Yeah. And then I could just like erase it if I want. Oh, that's um, cool. Costco, $2.99, baby. Hey, that's um, a deal. I didn't get that. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, man. Uh, this conversation has been super rich. Tons of great notes. I'm excited for people to hear it. Um, any last thoughts before I ask you my final question? Anything you didn't share that you know you're going to be thinking? Oh, I wish I would have said this, that, or the other. Um, I just really want to give encouragement and grace to the dad out there who is struggling, who is overwhelmed. That it, you know, the past is in the past. You have a new day today, mm. and I think your heart needs that grace. You need that that period of just forgiveness for yourself that, you know, you don't have to carry that weight. And and I just really say walking with Jesus has been the biggest life changer, allowing the Holy Spirit to come bring wisdom and, you know, referring to God as my father versus God has been the biggest game changer in my, in this whole journey. And, and when you know you have a father up there, you know, you have someone to go to in the hard times. And so just encouragement, if you know, for the dad that is really struggling out there, you have a father, you have, um, you can have some rest and some peace knowing that today is a new day. Mm, that's good, bro. Really good. Thank you. All right, my friend, my last question, legacy question. Oh. Imagine 30 years from now, you are peering into the homes of your children Maybe they're married, maybe they got kids, but they're living their lives. And you just sit back with a big smile on your face based on the way they're operating and go, man, the way I showed up day in, day out is playing playing a role in how they're showing up. What do you see happening in their homes uh, that puts that smile on your face? Laughter. Mm. Yeah. I just... Why so? What's laughter mean to you? It just means joy. It means it means that the burdens of life hasn't overcome them, that they have no no nothing to laugh about, nothing mm. to find joy in. Mm. And so that that, you know, when I look at the family, I have a big family. And when we all get together and we're just laughing together, it's like that's a special moment. That means all is well in the world in this moment. Yeah. And so when I look back, I want to see that, you know, we're all, all together just laughing. We're not Dude. just sitting there together watching screens, zoned out, everyone doing their own thing, but that there's just connection, like you said, and enjoy and, and laughter. Dude, I love your response to legacy. I love the idea of laughter and joy and what you said about the burdens, you know, because the reality is, is there will always be circumstances in life that we could going back to complain about or, you know, or that will bring us down, but to choose joy in the chaos and messiness of life. So dude, keep doing what you're doing. Keep loving your family well. Keep showing up the way you're showing up and continue to inspire other men to do the same. Mm. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Uh, Gabriel, where can people uh, learn more about you, find your podcast, etc.? cetera? Yeah, um, so they can find me on, I'm pretty active on Instagram, Gabriel Perez underscore official i believe <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know my own instagram handle um and uh but i do have the podcast the hardworking dad podcast and for for fathers who are struggling are overwhelmed i do have a course that i offer that um they can take in and um yeah if you just find me on uh, you can email me at the hardworking dad at gmail.com but um this course has been awesome. It's been something that I've done with dad walk through them and it's just had some amazing results. And to be honest, I, for a long time, I felt very insecure about sharing this and very insecure mm. about 
saying I'm a coach when I don't really feel like a coach. I like how you say a field guide um, because I'm walking the road too. I've just yeah. walked this road for a few years now that I feel a little more comfortable on it. But um, it's been a course that has really blessed some dads out there and done a lot of good. And so, yeah, if, if they want to find me, they can find me there. And, um, and that's what I got. Yeah. Love it, dude. Love it. Appreciate you. I appreciate the connection and I look forward to continuing to, to stay connected um, and continue Good. to encourage each other as fathers. So until next time, my friend. Thank you. What a powerful conversation. I so appreciate the work that Gabriel's doing on himself. I love the idea of being the heart monitor of your home. And that really starts with you being in tune with your own heart. And, and the idea, you know, that we're not that far off. We're not that different from our own kids. So if we want grace and understanding to to give that to our kiddos as well, so good. Um, my friends, you are already making massive change to your legacy and family tree by investing in yourself as a father, being here, listening to this, uh, growing. As you know, many men stumble into their role as a father and our society is in desperate need of fathers who know who they are and are engaged in their homes. I created the Adventure of Fatherhood children's book and gift box as an opportunity for you and I to be a part of another man's adventure. Please help me spread the word that fatherhood matters. I created this book and rad gift to invite dads into their role. So you can go buy the book on Amazon, make your own gifts, give it to a new dad. You can go to adventurefatherhood.com, buy the gift box. We've done the legwork. You could even just have us put a note in there from you. Welcoming this dude into fatherhood. I'm going to tell you right now, if you know somebody who's having a kid, no one is going to welcome him into his fatherhood role. You are the only one who will. So take the opportunity from one man to another to invite a dude into his role as a father. Uh, Amazon Adventure of Fatherhood book or adventurefatherhood.com. All right. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.